0: give you all the glory, Lord, and we honor you in this place. We worship you, Lord. You are the reason why we gather. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your unfailing love that you purchased for us at the cross. We thank you, God, our Father, for you never leave us as orphans. You gave us your Son. And we receive him boldly today. That he alone is our source of peace. He alone is our source of rest. He alone is our source of love. He alone is our source of comfort. We thank you, Father, that in your Son, Jesus Christ, we are satisfied. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. How are we all today? So I'm not starting. I've been preaching for an hour before this. uh... Everyone can hear me? Can we just put it up a bit more? Not that I want to hear my voice, but just a bit more. Who's ready for to? Oh, that's a bit loud. Not that loud. Who's ready for today? Yes. We're ready. Can you handle more food, or that one that was an hour ago is not enough? Jesus who's been enjoying these topics of wisdom who has this is a very good teaching you know why because it's not a one-off thing that you receive from the Lord it's to do life with him Jesus wants you to do life with him and wisdom will produce that <clears throat> Jesus grew in wisdom and stature that was after he left the temple where, they, where his mom, uh, Mary and Joseph his parents lost him after that he grew in wisdom and stature 30 years of preparation for 3 years of glory I shared that last week All those years of wisdom and stature growing in faith determined three years of ministry. So what matters most? Ministry or the kingdom or the preparation? How you prepare yourself is the most important. Or should I say it like this? How you prepare yourself determines how far you go. Did you hear that? How you prepare yourself now determines how far you go. It's what you can endure and invest in now determines how God moves forward with you in the future. Mm. So which principle is this one? What number? Number five. Okay. We go to James chapter three verse thirteen to eighteen where I got all my teaching from. It's actually um it's good teaching this one. <clears throat> so so James chapter three verse thirteen to eighteen in the New King James version it says who is wise and understanding among you let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom so I established every week that humility is the door to wisdom as long as you're remaining humble God can continuously teach you so you can grow so whenever you think you know everything unfortunately that's as far as you go But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your heart, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, and demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy. That's what I'm going to be speaking about today full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now the fruits of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Now, we're going to speak about how to function in the full mercy of God. But as you know, every week the Holy Spirit surprises me. And He, he wants me to share today why people struggle to walk in mercy. You think about that today? Why people or why believers struggle to walk in the mercy of God? So I'm going to share about the resistance of what follows a person who is struggling to operate in the mercy of God and just to show you here that mercy has many layers the mercy of God has many layers has many functions for the level of believers but I'm going to share or I'm going to try to share every stage of, of a believer how he begins and, the, and, and what area God wants to uh, focus on for the people who come and go every week I'm not going to warn you, I'm just going to tell you nicely, you are to invest in this place, because we carry the vision of the Holy Spirit. This is not a place where you come and go. Don't feel discouraged that I say this to you, but it's for your own protection. It's for your own heart. It's for your own life. I say this, humbly. we are family here, and I'm not going to point you out, but be a people who are hungry for the word, be a people who are hungry to grow, be a people who are committed to the Lord Jesus himself. Don't be a people who come and go as you please. Now please receive this in love because this is for you to go to your destiny, which is the will of God on earth. Because every week's teaching, it's a scale that's coming off you to better you for your direction and your focus with the Lord. Every week there's another scale, there's another part of your flesh that's coming off you, so you you can succeed and walk with the Lord. The people that come and the people that don't come, I care for both of you. It's so hard to give you a one-off response of how I can help you without teaching you and doing life with you together. It's very hard for me to actually give you a one-off response of how you can grow and better yourself and become the man or the woman of God that God's called you to be without doing life with you. So I probably have said this many times and i say it again. Because every single week, the attention to detail where the Holy Spirit's taking me to to bring spiritual growth and maturity to every believer in this room, no matter where you are, in the beginning or the middle or the end. It's for us to move forward as a family. So get used to all our faces here, because by God's grace we're here to do life together. And we can't escape each other, because you're going to see each other in heaven also. (laughs) (laughs) And isn't that the truth? So get used to each other now and put your walls down and begin to move forward. Okay, we're ready? This is interesting, um, where the Holy Spirit's taken me. So the word mercy... Comes whoever's following from the strongs' esod. The word mercy is strongs one six five six. Tammy's not here today, so the word is elios. Elios is the word mercy in the Greek. Now listen to this. The word mercy defines as kindness or goodwill towards the miserable and the afflicted, joined with a desire to help them. Let's listen to that again. The word mercy, Elios, defines as a kindness or a goodwill towards the miserable and the afflicted joined with the desire to help them. Isn't that, doesn't that ring a bell? I wonder who showed us that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. of God towards men in general providence the mercy and clemency of God in providing and offering to men salvation by Christ so what was the reason for Jesus coming to the cross or going to the cross for us mercy was the reason a lot of people say it was love before love mercy took him to be a sacrifice for us because mercy knows that we have fallen short of the glory of God. So mercy was the reason that allowed love to remain at the cross for us. <clears throat> so it's, it's from God towards men, Jesus. And it's from men towards men. To exercise the virtue of mercy to show oneself merciful. So isn't that interesting? Interesting. Whatever you show to people around you determines if you've received it from Jesus himself. So if you struggle to be merciful to the afflicted and to the, and to the ones who are miserable and to, to the ones who are not good with you, then, truth be told, you have struggled to receive it from Jesus himself. So we're going to go to the roots today. If you struggle with mercy... Um, through every experience and through every hard situation and through every trial, the truth be told, you lack it yourself from Jesus Christ. So whatever you do here determines what you've actually received from Him. And we're going to get into that, but it's interesting, this one. So the Webster's Dictionary, or the Miriam websters Dictionary, mercy defines... As to be kind, gentle, or compassionate treatment, especially towards someone who is undeserving of it. That's a picture of us with Jesus Christ. We were undeserving of His mercy, but He gave it to us. Now what allows you to fall in trouble with those around you here on earth Is the ones who afflict you, the ones who hurt you, the ones who challenge you, the ones who trouble your soul. They're not deserving of God's mercy. Neither are you. And that's the truth. Neither are you then from Jesus. So if you struggle to give it to those who are around you, your enemies or whatever, cousins, family members, the ones who are hard on you, the ones who are harsh on you, the truth be told, God's withholding it from you. And we'll speak about that. Empathy. Oh, so the words that define from mercy are empathy. Empathy means the feeling that you understand and share another person's experience and emotions. So empathy is empathy is feeling someone's pain without judging them. It's it's you feel you feel a remorse, you feel remorse towards them that they are suffering and you want to do everything you can to actually help them. That's empathy. The opposite of empathy is what? You deserve what you have done. You deserve what you have done. Imagine Jesus treating us like that. Imagine Jesus Christ treating us like that. You deserve what you've done. Each one of us here will not be here today. Because of the cross, we stand. But really deep in that, it's because of mercy we stand. But I'm going to speak to you today how mercy shapes you. Mercy was designed to actually not only allow you to be forgiven, but to shape your heart like Christ. But before he shapes your heart, you have to receive it first. So empathy is a feeling that you understand and share. Another, one, another person's experience and emotions. That's why God came here. Because we were what? A sheep without a what? He came. Because he felt our pain. He felt our need. That we need a saviour and mercy was the trigger for that and i want to share with you today also that mercy produces the love of god and mercy eliminates hypocrisy which i'm going to speak about <laughs> in the coming why someone is a hypocrite forgive the language when someone is so judgmental when someone is so cruel and harsh is because they lack a mercy When someone's a troublemaker, I have troublemakers here. I have people that may do trouble behind the scenes. When someone's a troublemaker, it's because they're lacking or they're destitute of God's mercy. Love, mercy is the cure that allows you to love. Without looking down on anyone, no matter where they are. No matter where you are, we are not allowed to look down on anyone. Mercy will allow you to feel their trouble on one basis to actually help them, not to try to catch them out. See, the Pharisees, they were destitute of God's mercy. They were looking for any scenario where they were weak, vulnerable, not with empathy, but to catch people out. Today in the Christian world, it's, revving so high we are looking for our next leader or the next one in authority that God's going to use to to fall unfortunately to elevate them so they can be someone but isn't it interesting that the true mercy of God will never allow you to look down on anyone but to actually pray for them The true mercy of God is the opposite of hypocrisy because it will allow you never to pass judgment or to, to take advantage of someone's weaknesses based on a trial or situation, but to get on your knees and to pray for them. That's mercy. That's mercy. Deep in your heart, you don't want anyone to fall. That's mercy. Listen, I tell you this, the truth. If you don't get this mercy of God in your life and fill yourself up what Jesus has really done at the cross, you will not succeed in your journey. You'll fall into every trap of the enemy. Because if you're destitute of mercy, guess what you're up against? Hypocrisy. Hypocrisy. And Jesus spoke to them, you're, you're dead, uh, uh, dead man's bones, you're a walking graveyard. Because mercy was the salvation master plan of God. So the words that define from mercy are empathy. The feeling that you understand and share another person's experience and emotions. You know, it's interesting, when people fall, people find a way to elevate themselves, to make themselves look better or stronger than that believer. That's how it functions. I've been attacked by this many times. They use it to their advantage to lift them up or puff them up. But it's sad because we are a people, or we are the only people that can carry each other. What does Jesus say? Or was poor actually. He says carry each other's burdens, in that way you fulfill the law of Christ. You fulfill it, the law. Christ has a law, Christ has a law. We are to carry each other's burdens. If you carry someone, are you trying to find fault in them? No, you're just trying to carry them to the true destiny, the walk of Christ. If you're carrying someone, are you trying to find fault in them? The Bible says that we are to carry each other's burdens. In that way, we fulfill the, the law of Christ. Christ has a law. One of them is that to have a heart to carry each other, just like Jesus done with the whole world. Jesus carried us on his shoulders, the whole world. So the third word is leniency, to be lenient or to, or to, be, to be a person of leniency. Leniency defines the fact or quality of being more merciful or tolerant than expected. Did we hear this? No, did we hear it? Leniency, this defines from the word mercy. <laughs> Isn't that a picture of God's patience today towards us? Leniency. Is, a f- is the fact or a quality of being more merciful or tolerant than expected. How does that sound for us today? Forgive them, they don't know what they are doing. Even believers today don't know what they're doing. The things that come out of their mouth, it's poison. Isn't that interesting? that many of the disciples carried this aspect. Why? Paul carried it. He was tolerant more than anyone. On one basis to do what? To save as many as he can. He was tolerant. With the heart of Christ to actually meet people where they are, on one basis to save as many as he can. What does the religious person do? Cuts them, shreds them in one outing just to prove what they know or to be more superior than someone else. Mercy goes a long way, but before you can show it to anyone, you yourself have to receive it from Christ. And that's what I want to talk about today. Whatever you do to those who are external is because of what Jesus has actually done inside your heart. For you to be merciful, you have to meet the one who gives mercy. So leniency, again, is a quality of being more merciful or tolerant than expected. The next word is tenderness. Tend- tenderness defines as a sympathetic concern for the well-being of others. You know, today, I, I just share my heart with you. Today we become a people who just care about ourselves. Today, we have become a people who just care about ourselves. Don't be hurt. Why so many people can't enter the kingdom of God and go and seek and save the lost is because they don't care for those who are lost. One of the, one of the, one of the transitions for you to be a person who can operate in the kingdom is for you to look at the interests of others rather than yourself but we've become a people who before we care for those outside we have to care about ourselves and our situation first Jesus does it the opposite way that when you go outside and look at the need and the want of other people God behind the scenes lifts you up So always I make myself available for people no matter what they're going through I make myself available to help them, to lift them, to carry them no matter who they are because that's Christ's heart I gave a few people here <laughs> I gave a task to some people here many years ago where they bought some of their friends and they won them to the gospel yeah you want to hear something funny they won them to the gospel they won them to the gospel and they bought them and they started to fellowship with them and I said God gives you God gives you God gave you a ministry to those people who bought those people and planted the seed one waters one plants God makes it grow but I said God gave you ministry They said, no, he hasn't. I said, yeah, he gave you those two people. Work with those two people that you bring to church every Wednesday. And so those people started to call him every day. And they're they're kicking like they're kicking like, oh, not again. Like, what do they want now? Like, uh, Rabs, they're asking me this question. I just gave him your number. (laughs) Beautiful. (laughs) Beautiful. Don't get me wrong, I have a lot on my plate, but I always have time for people. But it just shows you how, how when you're tolerant, which is, which is one of the fruits of mercy, you can understand where they are and where they need to go. And that's one of, one of the greatest principles, is that God has given everyone a ministry whether it's one person or it's a thousand people, if you want God to begin to entrust you with things, be merciful and be patient with those he's put in your circle. Don't, don't be quick to offload them to me. My phone actually doesn't stop. Don't be quick to offload them to me, and, I, and I'm not pushing anyone away from me. But I'm just sharing with you how, not again, they complain with one or two believers and you, you want to pray for God to use you and you want to pray for revival, you can't even look after two people? No, I'm just giving you a bit of a reality check. Because with, with, with more of God's blessings regarding ministry or regarding the will of God in your life carries a greater desire of responsibility carries another form of patience in you to meet people where they are and to understand what they need but it was just interesting one or two people that were complaining and they lasted a week then they gave my number so what I do I tell everyone to come here and I give the word that God gives me to everyone And the hidden ones, and the warnings, and the promotions, I tell them in secret. The Holy Spirit came to me last night, it was pretty funny. And um, one person was in his room praying for a wife. He's not here, but... Man, no, it's not here. <laughs> He's praying for a wife. And um, I got taken into the room. And he was getting very worked up that he hasn't, he hasn't settled down and he doesn't have a wife yet. And um, the Holy Spirit said, tell him that I'm going to prepare a wife for him. So I said, okay. So I messaged the man. And that's what God does. He gives me one word for someone. He gives me direction for someone, warnings for someone. But my, my greatest concern is to establish truth. I don't have any other interest in, in, in anything but to establish truth in people's hearts. To bring purity and humility and love for Jesus Christ in their hearts. Everything else follows. Everything begins to grow more. But it's this interesting. I told two, three people, you have ministry already. These are two people, look after them. And isn't it interesting that with mercy it demands time for people? But I have everything I have so much going on in my life. Yeah, God, okay, you stay there. I'm not going to give you anything else. So any complaining that you do, I'm not this is something different. Any complaining that you do, God sees it. When you look down on anyone who is struggling to grow, or struggling with sin, or struggling to actually be formed like Christ, don't ever look down on anyone. Because one day you will find yourself asking God for help, and He will show you what you've done to others. So tenderness, sympathetic concern for the well-being of others. Isn't that interesting? What, produce, what follows after a tender heart? You know what's established after a tender heart? I want to speak to you about mercy, but in a different way. When someone has a tender heart, they're established in praying for others. Listen, you know who can help you, right? Right? God is the only one who can fix your situation. You'll be busy on your knees praying for them. Who here prays for people? Before you correct them, before you try to Bible bash them, before you try to teach them, who here prays for those who really want to be saved? This is how you see results. Because if you really believe, if you really believe that Jesus alone brings salvation... Jesus alone brings deliverance. Jesus alone brings restoration. Jesus alone brings people to their knees. You will have a tender heart to pray to the Lord to move upon their life. So, who here really prays for those who God wants? Uh, you want God to save? A tender heart prays for people. Very sensitive with people. Jesus was tender. He didn't want anyone to be lost. I'm just teaching you what follows with mercy. You have a tender heart to pray for people. Isn't that interesting that when you lack tenderness, you can't pray for people. You won't be able to pray for people. So mercy is something very powerful. The next one, devotion. Feeling a strong, constant regard and dedication to someone. Goodwill, a cheerful readiness regarding friendships, to look at the concern and interest of others and to support them in every way. This is the definitions of mercy. These are all the words that produce mercy. Now, if you want to become an ambassador of Christ, this is one of the most important things in our life. Or you're doing it for yourself. You're actually doing it for yourself. You're trying to be someone for yourself. Cheerful readiness regarding friendships to look at the concern and interests of others and to support them in every way. What does the Bible say in Proverbs? There is a friend that clings closer to you than a what? Mm. I wonder who that is. So from this teaching, you're going to see before you can actually give mercy to anyone, you yourself have to get it from God. Now, this is interesting. The opposite of mercy. Are we ready? <laughs> this may hit some nerves in people. But I don't know how, long, I don't know how far I'm going to go. But there's a, there's a lot to teach here. So when you had enough, just put your hands up. And I stop. Now, I'm just being honest. When you've had enough... I'll stop so the opposite of mercy from the Merriam-Webster's dictionary number one revenge so the definition of revenge you only see it when you're intimidated are we listening here you only see revenge when you're intimidated when you're put in a corner when people are coming against you you only see that fruit you won't see when everything's good. So, revenge defines as a punishment given in return for an injury or an offence. Number two, spite or spitefulness. The word spite is a desire to hurt, annoy or offend someone. So when does that happen? When someone gets under your skin and they pick something from your past, the heart of spitefulness attacks them back and brings something from their past. I'm just giving you a little example. For married couples here. (laughs) Or maybe for everyone. Okay, this is interesting now. The third one is being cruel. Cruel. This is the opposite of Mercy. The three major words, but I'm going to go deeper. I'm going to lift the lid on this one. 100% lift the lid. So the first one, revenge. Punishment given in return for an injury or an offence. A desire to hurt or annoy or offend someone. Cruel. The word cruel comes, comes from the Hebrew word. Chomatz. That's the word in the Hebrew. Homat. The the strongs for whoever is following is from the Hebrew two five five six. That's from the Old Testament. That's the word cruel. Now, I'm going to open the lid on this one. This will hit many areas now. The one who is the one who is op, who is operating in the opposite of mercy. Would, have, would begin to have these fruits, unfortunately. Like, have hope, there is change. Amen? Okay, but you have to see it. So the word Khomet defines to be pungent. Pungent. That's what the word is in English. Pungent. 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 Thanks for the teachers here correcting me. Pungent. So pungent means, are we ready? A person who is suffocating. Who who he is suffocating and suffocates those around him. He or her. Number two, this is a big one. So the opposite of mercy, this fruit will follow. Bitter. Number three. Sour. Not a a lolly sour. (laughs) Talking about your heart here. (laughs) Suffocating, bitter, sour heart. Number four. Irritating. Now this is the biggest one. This is where the Holy Spirit told me to Spend time. And I spend time in this one. Are you ready for this one? Sorry to burst your bubble. But you have to hear this. The word pungent, the last word that it defines from, this is all from the original scripture. The word pungent, the last word (coughs) of a person who operates in the opposite of mercy, is to be grieved. I'm going to define that word. So, one who is cruel, so the the word cruel here, because this is all coming from the word cruel, the one who is cruel, unfortunately, is because he is grieved. He's grieved in his own heart. Then he is cruel. Because if he's if he if he if he's, if he's if he's if he's cruel to the outside and everyone around him, it's because he's grieved in his own heart. Do we understand? So I can continue now? So someone who is naturally cruel is destitute of God's mercy in his heart. Naturally, he is cruel with every situation, everything in his life, and the people around him. Okay? Lord, deliver me. The Lord's delivering you. Lord, deliver me. I want to be free. He's showing you now why you do this. He's showing you now what type of character is this. Putting your finger on the problem, you're destitute of God's mercy. Now, I just started. So, the one who is cruel regarding situations, regarding circumstances, and mostly regarding his own heart and towards people is because he is grieved in his heart. So, a person who is grieved, these attributes will follow after that. Pay attention now. This is the meat. The one who is grieved because he's destitute of God's mercy will feel miserable. 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 Number one, miserable. Heart sick. This is the words that came from there. So the number one, miserable. Number two, heart sick. Number three, disheartened. So when you're grieved, which is destitute of God's mercy, these patterns will happen in your life. Miserable, heart sick, disheartened, number four is a big one, are we ready? Depressed. Well, everything begins to click now. Why do all these things follow me? Control me and dictate my heart, it's because you're destitute, if you want to put your finger on the real problem, you're destitute of mercy. Because what does mercy deal with? Mercy, what does mercy deal with? His mercy is what? New, what? Where does grievance or a person who's grieved come from? Past. So they're lacking healing from their past. Or they haven't taken their heart and laid it at the altar where Jesus heals and restores. Are we paying attention here? But I'm going deeper. I'm still going deeper. The Holy Spirit wants me to lift the whole lid on this one here, this teaching. Number four, Depressed a person who is grieved which, which is which which comes from the word cruel which is destitute of mercy or the opposite of mercy he will become depressed number 5 broken hearted very big one this one joyless Probably the biggest one from this list here. Are we ready? Dissatisfied. Well, big one, this one. Dissatisfied. You're never satisfied. So does a blessing fix your satisfaction? Or does Jesus need to put mercy in your heart? that actually restores your whole being from the old to the new. Are we understanding? I I want you to get this, even though I'll stop after this little session here. You have to get this here. When you're destitute of mercy, this is how you operate. Because mercy allows you to understand that you are a new creation. So number one, miserable. I'm miserable in my heart. I'm miserable in my mind. Listen, don't hide today. Whatever you're feeling inside your heart, really bring it to the Lord. Because Jesus wants to uproot any of these roots that, are, that is getting in the way of you knowing Him and loving Him. That's the truth. And part of knowing Him, one of the major principles of of Christianity and knowing Jesus is mercy. Mercy was designed not only to forgive you, but to actually transform you into a new creation. Right? I went through all these, my friends. If this makes you feel better. I went through all of these, and I cried to the Lord that He can actually change my heart. And that's the truth. I went through the majority of them. And I saw it so much that I was at war with it. And I hated myself at times because hidden deep down beneath, there were traces of these that were still surfacing in my life. I hated it. I don't want to become this person. So I went to the one who can fix me. Because why did Jesus come? He comes for those who are in need of a doctor. My friend, I need a doctor. He didn't come for those who don't need a doctor. There's nothing wrong with me. That's what you think. Until he starts to scan and check whatever's inside. (laughs) Dissatisfied. It's a massive attack on the body today. But I'm going to the root showing you why you're like this and how it hides when you're dissatisfied you think it's because of my situation it's because of a circumstance no it's because of your heart no situation was designed to actually dissatisfy you god allows that situation to come so you can see what's really in your heart lord fix my situation and i'll be okay i'm trying to get into your heart Can't you see your heart? The next problem comes. Lord, fix this situation. I'm showing you deep inside. You're not satisfied as a person because you're carrying the old failures and your old weaknesses and your old traumas into your future. So how does God get your, how does God get your attention? He allows the situation to appear to see that dissatisfied heart. Lord fix my situation I'll be okay He fixes it next situation comes the the wound is still open He allows another situation to come until you put your eyes on your heart guard your heart everything you do Proverbs 4.23 guard your heart everything you do flows from that place so the, the Holy Spirit brings situations to you so you can see these characters or these fruits. And it's a heart issue. Dissatisfied. What are we up to? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Number eight, sad. A person who's sad in their heart. The greatest danger is you can hide I'm sad because this situation hasn't changed for my life yet. It's an internal issue. As long as you're looking deep in your heart, you can solve this issue. If you're looking at a situation that's bought your sadness, you're wrong. Number nine, to be mournful. Number 10. To be unhappy. Can I share something about that? A person who's unhappy shows they have no confidence in life. That shows that you haven't been given another opportunity and a new life from Christ. Because if you're still operating in in a lack of happiness or you're unhappy as a person, that shows that Jesus hasn't given you a new hope that shows that Jesus hasn't restarted your life to start again. Because what does the Bible say? That we are born again to a new and living hope. So if we are are born again to a new and living hope, that means that our old life has died. So let's say you are born again to a living and new hope, but you choose to live both lives, you will stay sad. You will stay unhappy because you're still carrying your old life that Jesus has actually restored you and died for you from. Number 11, sorrowful. Okay. So you begin to see the bigger picture why someone is lacking to show mercy and operating in the opposite way because you have not seen and identified the area of your life that needs to be healed by the Lord. Proverbs 18.14 Let's go here. So what does this say here? Proverbs 18.14 the spirit of a man will sustain him in sickness. So here it's saying that when you go through a physical sickness, you can be healed from it. But who can bear a broken spirit? So isn't that interesting? That a, a broken, the word here in the, in the Esau is a wounded spirit. So it's not so much a broken spirit. You're wounded as a person. And isn't it interesting that, that, a wo- that a wounded person produces a victim mentality? Can you see this, someone? So here it's saying that if you go through physical sickness, by the grace of God, you can be healed. But if you carry this, nothing can heal you. Are we understanding, someone? Nothing can heal a wounded spirit because you, you carry a victim mentality. What does a victim do? That's enough. That word's enough there, the victim mentality. All he does is complain. The greatest way you can curse God is by complaining. The greatest way you can mock God's character is by complaining. Isn't that interesting? If you want to... If you want to, unfortunately if the greatest way you can hurt God today is by complaining because really it's directed at Him that He's not good for your life. So here He's showing us that no no one can recover from a wounded spirit unless you bring that heart to the Lord Jesus. No situation on earth, no blessing on earth, whether from God or through this earth, can heal a wounded spirit Jesus has to heal you from this and where does your healing come regarding a broken spirit the mercy of God because mercy tells you that God will have mercy towards those who have sinned rebelled failed there are nobody mercy will lift you up out of the miry clay where there's no hope. Because that shows you that there is someone bigger than you, higher than you, that loves you and cares for you, and doesn't want you to stay there anymore. Mercy tells you you have a hope, that someone loves you and cares for you. His name's Jesus. But mercy shows you that you're a person of a new identity, a new character now, because you're cared and loved for, someone greater than you, then you start to feel cherished, you start to feel loved, you start to feel complete because someone loves you and cares for you. That's what mercy does. Not only if it gives you, not only it heals you, but it gives you a new identity. So the word broken from the Esau is a wounded spirit, a person who's wounded. What happens in their life? A person who is wounded, what happens? Satan is called the Prince of the Flies. Yeah? Unfortunately, his name is Prince of Beelzebub, meaning the Prince of the Flies. What does a fly do? He flies around where? A wound where there's blood that's open. Sucks the blood. The flies suck the blood. Some of them hatch those those little worms and they start to travel. It's another name for the enemy. So isn't it interesting that Satan only functions through a wounded and a broken spirit? God functions through the area of mercy and binds your wounds. Isn't it interesting that if you're destitute of mercy, then you're prone to operating in a wounded spirit? Because mercy tells you that Jesus has dealt with your past. Mercy tells you that Jesus has forgiven you from your past. Mercy tells you that Jesus has forgotten your past. And you're not guilty anymore. A wounded person is a guilty person. Right? And someone who is guilty, they're hard on themselves. You see the pattern? But I'm taking to one major issue. That a person who is cruel a person who is cruel, a person who is suffocating, a person who is bitter, sour, it's because they're destitute of the mercy of the Lord Jesus. Now, I don't want to go anywhere outside of this. I just want to allow the people to see their hearts today. Lord, give me mercy. But you have to see the opposite of mercy, which you have been vulnerable to operate in all your life. You have to see that pattern. Some people here are saying, "That's exactly me." Yeah. Holy Spirit wants to heal us from this. So look at this here. The word "broken" comes from the word "wounded," which is the Strong's Hebrews five two one eight. The word is "noka." The word is nokah. A, a wounded spirit from the Esau. In the Hebrew, it's w- the word is noka. Noka, Are we ready? Noka defines to be afflicted. Afflicted. Okay, I want to just... I'm still hitting this here. I'm still hitting this area. I'm not going to stop. The word afflicted meaning a great suffering of the mind. Are we paying attention here? So the word wounded, which is noka, from the, fi- from the Hebrews, Old Testament, 5 to 1, 8, the word defines to be afflicted and great suffering of the mind. Let's stay here for a bit, please. This is what follows next. A, a person who is wounded, nauka, which means afflicted in the mind or a great suffering of the mind, carries sadness, hardship, trouble, distress, pain, joyless, agony, difficulty, torment, hurt, misery, heartbreak, sorrow, and tribulation. A person who is afflicted, where does it come down to? It comes down to one major factor, that I haven't received the mercy of Jesus Christ upon my own soul. See, everyone knows that Jesus died for their sins. That's one thing. But to be healed from your old character to the new character is another thing. So who here has, suffered, has been victim to this? Everyone. Everyone. In different ways. So the word afflicted means a great suffering of the mind which carries a sadness, hardship, a troubled life, a sad life, hardships, always prone to hardships, always prone to trouble in their life, always distress, always pain in their life, always agony, always difficulties, always feel like they're tormented, always hurt, always misery, always heartbreak, always sorrow, always tribulation following them. What's the real issue here? When mercy touches your life, a wounded spirit is out of your life. Satan cannot function outside a wounded spirit. A wound, Jesus bandages your wounds. The Bible says that he bandages your wounds. Satan touches your wounds and stays there where your pain, where your trauma is. And he just keeps replaying it every day. Until you look at it and see it every day, you will not be free from it. Imagine you going out in life today, giving mercy to the people, and you haven't received it for your own life yet. Jesus wants you to be free in your own heart first. Then you can really understand what mercy tastes like. <clears throat> so let's, let's, let's stay here for a bit. To op- see, to operate in all these, you are lacking hope and expectation in life generally. Mercy was designed by God to give you a new hope and an expectation. Mercy was designed for you to start again. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Right, I just want to sit here for a little bit and I'm going to stop. Now the first area, the first area, the first area Jesus wants to do in your life is to give you what? Isn't it interesting here? That mercy, mercy from Jesus Christ was designed to do what in your life? To give you This one here. This one here. Mercy was designed to give you an expectation which produces hope. What does the Bible say? Hope never puts you to shame because the love of God has been poured into you by the Holy Spirit. What produces hope? Mercy. Mercy is the doorway to expectation. Which produces hope, which gives love. Isn't it interesting here? The pattern. It says, All praise to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his what? This is what the Lord wants you to understand first. Mercy for your life. Every week people come to me telling me their problems, but God wants to see your heart that deals with all your problems. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again because God raised Jesus Christ from the death, from the dead. Now we live with great expectation. But if you choose to compromise your life, there's no expectation for you you've chosen to not to accept the new life that Jesus is inviting you to where there's condemnation where there is shame where there is guilt because you're choosing to carry your old life what happened to Lot's wife when God destroyed Sodom he warned her not to look back that's a picture of our lives when Jesus calls you don't you dare go back to your old life because you become what a pillar of salt that has no value anymore many people here today they have turned back to have a bit of Jesus a bit of this world too you're bearing the consequence of that when Jesus calls you he warns you don't even look back Because what's going to come to this world, it's a picture of his second coming. What's going to be like that? Destruction. Everything will be destroyed. Only those who kept their eyes on Christ and followed him all the days of their life. Because anyone who makes themselves a friend to this world is what? Enemy. You're an enemy to God if you're a friend to the system of this world. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation. Number two, Isaiah 49, 13. Look what it says here. Sing, O heavens, be joyful, O earth. Break out in singing, O mountains, for the Lord has comforted his people and will have mercy on what? The what? The wounded spirit. (laughs) What does mercy do? It heals that little child, that wounded spirit that we have been brought up in, that afflicted spirit, that hurtful spirit. Because what does, affliction, what does affliction attract? Sadness, hardship, trouble, distress. Satan's attacking me. No, affliction's attacking you. Jesus came to heal that heart that is prone to affliction, that is prone to suffering. Every time someone gets blessed by God, an afflicted heart will think... This is too good to be true. I've only seen danger and challenges in my life. The blessing leaves. Because no blessing can fall on an afflicted heart. God has to heal your heart. Then the blessings will stay and remain. Can you understand here? Lord, bless me. Lord, help me. Lord, strengthen me. Lord, give me. He, he, these all come to a heart that has been healed from a wounded and afflicted heart. Can we understand someone? So affliction attracts sadness, hardship, trouble, distress, pain, joyless, agony, difficulty, torment, hurt, misery, heartbreak, sorrow, and tribulation. These are all attacks of the devil you have the authority to not accept them anymore. You have the authority to break that pattern of your life. But you must understand Satan's schemes. That's a scheme of the devil. Affliction is one of his greatest weapons he is using against the body of Christ today. So look what it says here. Mercy was designed to what? Heal that broken heart that I spoke about. That wounded spirit. Mercy shows you that your life starts again with Jesus Christ. So isn't it interesting? Do you want to, who wants to walk in the mercy of God today? I'll give you one little tool. Yesterday is yesterday. If his mercy is due every morning, yesterday is dead. Don't bring up your weakness. Don't let anyone around you bring up your weakness or your failures or your downfalls because all you're doing is opening that wound again. Satan is walking in and beginning his turmoil again against you. Couples. Couples. Couples today. People that are struggling in life in general. People that are struggling with sin, people that are struggling with affliction of the mind, once you take it to Jesus, you have it has to be settled in your heart that He has forgiven you. If He's forgiven you, He's removed the penalty of that guilt, of that condemnation, of that hurt. He's removed that penalty from you. So nowhere, nowhere are you allowed to bring that weakness that Jesus has forgotten through his death over your life. So every day is a new day with the Lord. If his mercy is new every morning, you're not allowed to bring your downfalls from yesterday. What do we do? We speak about our pain from last year. And then Satan begins to build momentum. And he has a little opening He starts to attack you. You're not genuine. You felt like this before, and then he talks you out of walking in the new mercy of Christ. Can someone listen to that? He he always shows you Satan. Always Satan can only grab pain from the past. That's why the Bible says his mercy is new every morning. Because Satan grabs your pain from the past, where the trauma was, where the hardship was, where the, hardship, where the challenges was, where the difficulties was, where you were grieved the most, where you were afflicted the most. He grabs it, replays it again. And it keeps him glued to a heart that's destitute of mercy. Because mercy was designed to heal an afflicted heart. I'm just teaching you here. So mercy, for, for you to say mercy is new every morning, Jesus has pardoned you and released you from everything that the, the, the past carries. Are we listening, someone? So when, when you go to Jesus, the gift of, one of the gifts of Jesus, he remembers your sins no more. The penalty that comes with it, the condemnation and the guilt and the separation between you and him, he remembers that no more. You can start again. That's the, that's the true comfort we have. Satan hates that verse because the only way he can trap you is from your past. He's doing a good job. How many people are frail today? How many people are wounded? How many people are afflicted? It's way beyond you. So mercy tells you that you can go to Jesus in time of need to receive help, mercy and grace in time of need. So, for you to walk in the mercy that God prepared for that day, you have to forget yesterday's day, yesterday's failures, yesterday's weaknesses, yesterday's downfalls and start again. That's how that's how you will not become a punching bag for the devil. Are we listening? So if his mercy is new every morning, your past is erased. So what does husband and wife do? They bring up six years of uh, six years, maybe ten years, of the old person that Jesus has forgiven through his mercy. I'm just teaching. I'm just teaching. Anything that you bring up, you can be an ambassador of Satan. We have ambassadors of Satan in the church today. Do that, you're an ambassador of Satan. Anything that you bring up to correct and to explore, because that person is still operating that, has volume. It has has value. You can bring that up to explore. But if you're trapping someone, to make yourself feel more superior than the other person through a battle which all people do you're an ambassador of Satan because if you, if you have taken your behavior Lord Jesus I repent from today traces of my afflicted heart I'm bringing it to you forgive me from these traces release me from that penalty of that deep iniquity and have mercy on me Jesus has removed it Jesus has removed it He's forgotten it, even the act, even the symptoms. He's forgotten everything for you to start again. We do a good job to welcome Satan back into someone else's heart. Isn't that interesting that this world today, isn't that interesting? That you can do a thousand good things, but the one thing you do wrong, they'll never forget it. I'm talking about the body of Christ here. so humbly saying if anyone has a weakness pray for God's mercy so God can help that person instead of bringing their weakness for you to win a battle Don't be an ambassador of Satan. Don't be an ambassador of Satan. Yes, God's judgment begins in the house of God, but there is a way that God brings true repentance and true mercy to a person that needs to change. And isn't it interesting that mercy was designed to change you and transform you? So don't call anyone by their past. Because all you're doing is bringing, you're digging up that casket that Jesus has already settled by his blood. If there are things you have to explore on the basis to help someone, whether that's your spouse or your friend or it's you in particular, it's okay, you can speak about it. If that behavior is still operating in you and you want to confess and you want to speak about it, speak to mature people who are not going to trap you with it. Psalms thirty-one seven. This is just a little basic teaching of mercy. I've I, I got four pages of heavy meat but not today. This is, just the ba- this is just the basic principle of if you lack mercy, this is how you function. Isn't it interesting that God takes me the other way because that's what we are up against—that's our opposition—in the beginning of our journey, everyone is destitute of God's mercy. Isn't that interesting? Here, what does it say here? Gladness, which is joy or happiness, and rejoicing, which is like a form of gratitude, is birthed by what? Isn't it interesting that a heart that is is grateful, a heart A heart that is rejoicing, it's happy again. A heart that is cheerful, it's birthed by where? Mercy produces that because mercy shows you that you deserved to be judged. You deserved punishment. You deserved, unfortunately, hell. Jesus rescued that from you. What does the Bible say? He rescued us from the dominion of darkness transferred us in the kingdom of his son that he loves. He rescued us. Mercy, mercy rescued us. So it says here, Psalms 31.7, I will be glad and rejoice in your mercy, for you have considered my trouble, you have known my soul in adversities. Isn't that beautiful? I'm just showing you the pathway to healing. So all the people here that want to be restored in their character, in their heart, in their mind and want to be restored by from all their troubles, your victory is in knowing the mercy of what Jesus really done for you. Because when you know what Jesus has really done for you, you'll be so grateful not to carry anything on your own anymore. Psalms, I didn't put a scripture there. Go to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 10. So here what are we dealing with here now what are we dealing with now a people who had no identity what does that show us here that if we are people who had no identity it's because we're still operating and functioning in the old nature right look what it says here first peter chapter 2 verse 10 it says once you had no identity as a people your old lifestyle your old nature Before Christ. Now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy, now you have received God's mercy. What changes your old nature, your old identity to the new nature of Christ? It's found in the mercy of God. Isn't that interesting that Satan is so persistent in attacking your effort against God's mercy. He wants you always to try to fix your own self without going to the source of mercy that empowers you to actually change. Isn't that interesting that Satan attacks this one the most? Condemnation, unworthiness, disappointment, frailty, weakness, they all come from being destitute of God's mercy. Isn't it interesting that Satan attacks this area so strongly? He loves to attack believers so strongly in this area. So isn't it interesting that your identity is birthed around one major principle, God's mercy in your life. So let's have a look at this and I'll finish off with this. See, when you're cruel, it's because you have not received or you're destitute of God's mercy. When you're spiteful towards others, it's because you're destitute and have not received the fullness of God's mercy. When you retaliate in revenge, it's because you are lacking God's mercy in your life. See, when you're broken and wounded, and afflicted, it's because you have not been healed in your heart through the mercy of God. So it's very important today to understand what mercy was designed to do in your life. Mercy was there to actually transform you as a believer. Right? But the shallow, the shallow principle of Christianity today, they see mercy as forgiveness from sin. That's the least of it. Mercy was designed to transform your identity. Mercy was designed to transform you into your, your, your new nature of Christ that doesn't allow you to follow your flesh anymore. So I want you to focus on an afflicted heart and a grieved heart. This is some homework for everyone here. Do I carry traits... Of being suffocated. Am I, am, I, am I suffocated inside? Am I a bitter person inside? Am I sour? Am I irritated inside my own heart? Number one. Number two. Grievance carries unfortunately miserable, heart-sick, disheartened, depressed, brokenhearted, joyless, dissatisfied, sad, mournful, unhappy, sorrowful. Number three. A wounded spirit means to be afflicted through a great suffering of the mind. Am I that person which is prone to sadness always, hardship, trouble, distress, pain, joyless, agony, difficulties, torments, hurt, misery, heartbreak, sorrow and tribulation? These are the three areas I want you to address in your heart. Not this coming weeks, until it's actually restored and healed. Because mercy was designed by God to actually heal and restore us as believers today. I want you to focus. This is your homework for your own heart. Please, I'm not going to come back and put ticks or X. This is your life to do life, to be free and to enjoy the rest of your days on earth with the Lord. Right? These are the three areas I want you to have a look at. Am I suffocating? Am I suffocating as a person in my heart? Am I bitter? Am I sour? Am I irritated in my own heart? Have a look. Do your homework. Take it slowly. Then message me tonight and say, uh, I'm, I'm, "I've dealt with that and I'm free." This takes time.) <laughs> it takes time. It takes time. Don't rush anything. Everything takes time with the Lord. I'm not saying, everything's multi-layered. It takes time. Give this value in your journey, because imagine living and you're suffering from all these things. Are you really living? Are you really living? Are you really living? No. So I'm going to stop here. I had another three pages of meat. But we go again next week. The Holy Spirit wanted me to attack this area of when you're destitute of God's mercy, naturally those fruits and pattern in your heart follows. Okay? Have hope and thank the Lord Jesus because He's actually showing you some deep things of what's really happening inside your heart Amen Okay, let's pray I'll be worried (laughs) I'll be worried if someone thinks there's nothing wrong with them no offense to anyone but I will be worried because forever I'm seeing all the things that are going through my heart because believe me we are in need of a doctor the ones who don't think they need a doctor unfortunately operating in pride I need a doctor every day every week every month But what does that show you? It shows you that a person who is sick will go to a doctor. The issue is people don't go to him for this. See, he is a doctor, but you have to know that there is a problem with you to go to a doctor. And when you think in your mind, God knows everything, you know, he will just work with it. No, you have to go with him with an urgency that he is going to heal you. This is it. This is the journey of Christ. You cannot move any forward. You cannot move forward with the Lord unless he heals your afflicted heart and a wounded heart. And the Holy Spirit gets involved like this because he wants us to be free. Amen. Before we change the world, let him change your heart. Let him heal your heart. Let him restore you as a believer, as a son, as a child, as a beloved I learned so much I've taken my journey so slowly now because I want the Lord to free me from anything that is blocking me from receiving his true restoration his true healing and his true love when you take it slowly then he can really begin to explore and to help you with the things that you need isn't it interesting that the enemy The enemy and warfare and hardship and attacks of the devil, they're based around a wounded heart or a wounded mentality or afflicted mindset. Jesus wants you to be free. But isn't it interesting that all the warfare that follows a believer today is because of a wounded heart, is because of a broken spirit, is because of an afflicted mindset. I want you to see this. Failure. Failure brings an afflicted mindset. Rejection brings an afflicted mindset. Hurt brings an afflicted mindset. Betrayal brings an afflicted mindset. Lack of love brings an afflicted mindset. Hopelessness brings an afflicted mindset. You see the picture? Until you go to the Lord and he heals you by his great mercy, Satan will continuously intrude those areas to create disharmony in your heart. Jesus wants us to be healed by his great mercy. Lord I have a rash on my skin I have the lack of love in my heart I've never been loved as a child it's affliction so I started to be a tough man and bash people when I was young so people around me can love me that was me I fight every week and then people feed me but it really was tr- doing something for my heart so people can respect me out of that lack. I saw all those afflictions of my heart that allowed Jesus once and for all to, to, to discard it from my life. I'm just teaching you now to be a people that have recognized what's happening inside so the Lord can actually heal them. see, when you go to a doctor, then his blood can be applied upon your life. Then he'll tell you, take this medicine, my blood, and my body, that was broken and shed for you, then your healing comes. But you have to see it. For you to go to a doctor, you've seen that there is something wrong with you. Mercy was designed not only to forgive you, to heal you, and transform you give you a new identity let's stay there for a bit we thank you Jesus we give you all the glory because you bandage our wounds Lord by your sacrifice at the cross you restore us thank you for your mercy Lord that triumphs over judgment I thank you for your mercy Lord that allows us to have a new hope and expectation that you'll never leave us nor forsake us. Thank you for your great love, Lord, that allows us to start new every morning. Hallelujah. We worship you, Jesus. Because of you, Lord, we will never be destroyed. Because of your faithfulness, Lord, we will never be rejected thank you Lord. From here to your throne of grace we thank you that you have given us your words of life that allows us to be victorious and allows us to be healed from every wound of the old man or the old nature. I pray this blessing upon every person here today Lord that we can walk in your new nature that you purchased at the cross I worship you Lord I pray for every heart here that is wounded in the name of Jesus Christ I command that wound to be healed by your precious blood that flows from this throne of grace I declare it now in Jesus name that every person by faith in our Lord Jesus Christ has been healed and restored from any forms of affliction thank you Lord Jesus Satan we renounce your affliction upon every head in this room in the name of Jesus Christ we have authority over you and Jesus has rescued us from spirit of affliction and from all your traits and your tactics against us. In the name of Jesus Christ, we bind you. For we overcome you by the blood of the Lamb. The word of our testimony. Our testimony is that Jesus was crucified, publicly triumphing over you. And I declare over every head today that the old has been settled by the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Whom the sun sets free is free. For greater is the one who's in them than the one who's in the world. The same Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead is now living in us. And I thank you, Jesus, that nothing can ever separate us from your love ever again. Thank you for your love that mercy really purchased for us. Thank you, Jesus. We Bless the people today. And I pray that you give them a new expectation so they can live for something that outweighs their life, that they may know they're called to a greater life, to let go of their own life, so they can find their new life in you. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Take your time in what I preach today. Reflect. And don't be ambassadors of Satan. Anyone that is sick, I will pray for you. Anyone who's carrying a physical sickness, there are a few people that ask me for prayer, I will pray for you.